welcome back to another P.S. B.S. Your host, Jared Fry, Keith Rhodes in the house. Jared, how oh, you doing? I'm Jared Fry. I said your host, Jared Fry and Keith Rhodes. I'm Keith. Yeah. You're Jared. I couldn't possibly be Jared. I could try to dress nope. like you. I could not be Keith. Never. Dude, nice hoodie. <laughs> I like the swag today. It's holiday time, so I had to had to get in the spirit. Dude, it's holiday season, which means it's the end of the year. About to take some time off. And, of course, what yeah. are we doing? It's the last Friday before some PTO, and you and I are nerding out gonna, over. Going to chat about <laughs> trouble in Toyland, U.S. Perg some, Report, some, baby. Some product safety stuff we're going to just talk about. Yeah. I. Well, hey, should we, before we jump in, I think we should give our... Uh, our lawyer advised legal statements here, right? Do we retain legal counsel? I do. You don't. I mean, I'm just kidding. We have no idea what we're doing. No, I think all that's we really are are just uh, you yeah, know, two just guys with a passion dudes. for <laughs> two guys with a passion for product safety for some reason. Wild and crazy guys. Yeah, and and we like to just chat about the topic over the years. We've had many discussions and arguments about product safety issues, so we figured. Why not just record it and, and put it out there? Yeah, our moms are going to love this stuff. But again, we're just yeah. two guys talking. Nothing that we say is, you know, this is all personal, has nothing to do with professional affiliations. You know, none of this is legal yeah. advice. It's just... No legal advice at all. Well, we can't give it. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> it's really just our opinions, and that's all we wanted to say. Yeah, and now it's time for another BS. Uh, let's BS about let's, product safety. Let's BS. Let's have a broadcasting session. Uh, so yeah, Jared, last Friday, uh, before, before the holidays here, um, haven't really spent too much time going through it, but I will in the new year, but the trouble in Toyland report. Yeah. Let's talk about that. It's always a great document. There's a few at the end of every year or the beginning of the next year that, you know, give a retrospective look at what went on and what were the hot button topics. I think, yeah. Uh, oh, do they do they release it more than once? I no, I always just thought it was the end of the year, kind of at the holidays. They release this report called no. Trouble in Toyland. Trouble in Toyland is yes, end of the year. But I'm just saying, like, they're going to have you know regulators doing their year in review and toy fatalities and yes, you know, other yes. other generalizations you know that come in the springtime. That's there why, are lots of summaries of the year that will come out. Yes, yes, yes. All all can be really helpful, really quick, and and you know. If you weren't insightful. paying attention for some reason, yeah, they could be insightful. Um, but but let's let's just go through this. I we I don't know about you. I haven't really read this. We just decided that this was the topic about four minutes ago. So yeah, because we figured it's end of the year, so they must have published another trouble in Toyland report. Yeah, that's that's perfect content for episode yeah. number. I don't know. Perfect. Well, let's get into it. Um, skip the executive summary. That's not for me. Not an executive. So. Let's just jump into the content. Not just give me all the details. Yeah. Uh, the first, the first thing, and I think this is kind of interesting. I'm looking at the table of contents. There's a, a number of kind of recurring themes in here, but this is the first time I've seen the topic of knockoff toys being called out here. Yeah, knockoff toys. I'm assuming that's not like an actual toy. It's like a counterfeit. Is that maybe not counterfeit? Yeah. That's a wrong word to say. It's not maybe imitating something else, but it is. Uh, maybe not from a familiar brand. Is that is that what this is getting to? I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, and I had this question also. What what do they define as counterfeit toy? Mm, the, there's a, a little text copy. in here I can read from the report. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. 
counterfeits are identical copies that infringe on trademarks, knockoffs, are products that are nearly identical to another product. Okay. So maybe we're not talking about counterfeits, but we're talking about knockoffs in this report. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas it kind of like an adjacent, right? Not exactly copying, but taking the gist of it and and reproducing it likely at mass scale with with the intention of just getting it large in market in volume. Yeah, and you, you, I think this is a substantial, like, consumer, almost like a crisis, if you will. Um, they're, they're citing some reports here, and I, I'm not, you know, I think there's a certain amount of due diligence you have to have when you do online shopping, but according to this, there's a, a third-party study that surveyed 1,000 consumers that 53.8% believe they had purchased something counterfeit in the toys or game category in 2020. With an Can additional say, nearly this 8%. Isn't just- Sorry, go ahead, Keith. No, nope, you're good, man. Go ahead. You got some knowledge. I was going to say, I don't think this is uh, is specific. This isn't. I know this report is targeting the toy industry, but this is not an issue just with the toy industry. Oh, certainly not. You know, but I think this I think is. If, go ahead. I was going to say, I think if we can think of a, a, the most prevalent industry with knockoff goods, it's electronics. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The uh, actually, the report also has a quote from. Uh, Jeff Myers, he's the senior director for IP at Apple. He says that trying to control these kind of counterfeit goods is like a game of whack-a-mole. So definitely not just a toy issue. No, but like even in the last calendar year, right, you've had three major market surveillance studies done, dropped from various regulators and and third-party watchdogs. Mm -hmm. We're looking at something like almost 600 products in total that have been reviewed by by third party looking for non-compliant goods, I could see. I could it's, see how this is just going to become you, a growing problem. I think the, as well the with, onset of e-commerce, right? Combine that with the pandemic, where everyone's yeah. been like so forced to adopt e-commerce, and it's just a very easy way to sell goods. Yeah, you don't have to go through having a brick and mortar. You don't really even need like a distribution chain or anything. You can just make something. You don't have to do advertising. You just make something, putting on an e-com site and people buy it. And all you got to do is, you know, get it to the distribution center and Amazon will take care of the rest for you kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm sure there's a little bit more to it than that, but I, I largely agree. It is that simple. I think, I think something else to note, I think because of supply chain issues that all of us are dealing with and seeing, you know, it's probably safe to say that the rate of these incidents is going to increase. You know, I'm sure controls will be put in place by a variety of these e-commerce places more and more so as this becomes more and more prevalent. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that, you know, some of the common brick-and-mortar retailers that, you know, we probably shop at on a daily basis or weekly basis, you know, will have struggled with supply chain and their typical brands might not be able to supply the same quality or the same type of good that they continually reorder so they have to stretch out and diverse, diversify in addition to what's happening and what's going into the inputs of the supply chain. This is probably just going to spiral out of control for a little while. Yeah, well, it's it's hard. It's impossible. It's got to be impossible to control. I, I mean, I don't work for an e-retailer or anything like that, but I can't even imagine how it would work. But even from like, like the e-retailer perspective, if, from the brand perspective, I'm sure there's plenty of brands right now that are making like 
compromises in quality because it's, well, this is all we've got. This is the best we can do. Either you stop sale and kill the revenue, or do you create something that's maybe not A plus and you shoot for A or A minus? You know? Those yeah. Are, those yeah. No, that's that a, I mean, that's a fair point. Um, I think if you look at the process that these, that a big brand would follow, a major brand would incorporate some kind of reviews and testing aspect oh, of yes. it. And I think the point in this trouble in Toyland report is that these knockoff brands or counterfeit brands for that matter, don't go through any of those steps. They're not having these same kind sure. of checks and approvals and that you, you can get a product into market. You can fly under the radar without ever having tested it. Not to say that it's compliant or it's safe, but you know, you could get something under the radar through selling through eBay or selling through Amazon or, you know, some online Alibaba or some online uh, retailer. And how was anybody going to catch it? Yeah. I think one of the, one of these, you know, repeat offenders that we're seeing right now are these like cheap, um, you know, sensory toys is typically what they call them. These like silicone poppers, all different types of shapes, all different type of styles, colors galore. Some are keychain size. Some are, you know, size of a dinner plate. Yep. At least in our household, you know, we can't leave. A, we can't go in the car without ours. You know, it's just got to have it. But, yeah, it's and it's the it's one of the examples highlighted in this report is that. I mean, I've seen them all over. We have, you know, we have one of those from an actual toy brand from the, the fat brain version of it. Yep. But you go to the toy store, you go to grocery stores, you know, gas stations, and you just see every shape, size, color. We got them for preschool. With little dimples in them. It was a stocking stuffer for preschool. Sent home with this stuff. Also sent home with these glasses that looks like something Elton John would wear. And I put them on my face and immediately cut the bridge of my nose. I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, the mold flash on this was like a razor blade. But anyway, anyway, back to this. I uh, knock off certainly something that uh, I think is going to be just reoccurring for quite some time here as supply chain stresses and pandemic stuff continues to play out. Um, yeah. And it, it's your point earlier, too. It's just too easy. You have a decent idea. You have a byproduct for manufacturing or can manufacture something the access to a market to sell this stuff is incredible. And unfortunately we have very undereducated under consumers, especially in the U S but, uh, like, you know, it kind of reminds me of well, all these trends that have peaked and gone, but the fidget spinner one from a couple years ago, sure. right. They were just so popular, so high. And it was just a race of who can make the most and get them into the market. Yep. And, and, and there were lots of discussions on how do we handle that? Cause they were then, at the time, those were, you know, is it a toy? Is it not a toy? Is it okay if it releases a small part? Is yeah. it okay if, countries you know, are, if it cuts somebody? Countries are blocking them at the port of entry, you know, telling them to go exactly. back. And, yeah, I've got some here in package on, on my oh, crap shelf of shame. Um, uh, <laughs> they're rusted. Like, they're yeah. rusted in the package. They're completely rusted through, and it's I've never opened them. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's been, what, 18 months or so? But, uh, you know, going back to these popper things, I don't know how many, like, knockoffs maybe that you've come across in your life, Jared. Um, for those that I might see in, like, a like at a brick and mortar, or I don't know if I'm desensitized at that point or because of the mask that you're wearing, whatever, they don't seem as bad as some of the things that you get online direct to your house. You open up that package, completely unlabeled, no clue who it's from, 
like zero accountability from from the distributor or manufacturer on that one. But you open it up, and it's just like this chemical waft. It's yeah. like this woof mold release or something. And it's just like, oh, God, what kind ooh, of... super soft phthalates. Yeah, ooh, those phthalates get into my vertebrae. Wow. <laughs> I, ju- I just remembered to hit the laugh track. I, I just okay. hit it. You didn't hear you it. Know I, I, you know I can't hear it. I know you can't hear it, but bikes, I, I, so you got to tell me. <laughs> I just hit the laugh track because I made it funny. <laughs> Uh, uh, good. I don't remember what the rest of these <laughs> buttons do. I should figure it out real quick. Oh, that that's the one for me when I swear too much. Again. Okay. I'm not again, I don't hear any of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's another joke one. That's a joke. No, uh, no, hey! but I, but you're right. I th- Oh, are you still playing? Uh, I, 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 I thought we were Sorry, I got distracted. Somewhere. No, let, let's go back to this. Um No, I think you know you cuz you mentioned if you go to a brick and mortar, um it's it, it they have control over what they put on their shelves right and they can review everything that gets put on there that in contrast to an e-tailer and i don't mean like you know like target has things that they have in their brick and mortar and then target also sells their goods online that's not what i'm tar- talking about i'm talking about like an amazon or an ebay or uh you know one of these kind of sites that you can sell from one user to another um and and you know, it's such a, just it's so massive. There's no way to control or monitor all these things. Yeah. And then, and then when you get these hot trends, like these popper toys or, you know, whatever it might be, the new hottest electronic that comes out. The confetti trumpets. Becomes, confetti trumpets. Confetti trumpets. Yeah. They're listed in this report. It, it was like a full blown year ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, I must it, have missed the confetti trumpets. The trumpet confetti trend. trumpets was great. It's just like but these the, loose plastic parts that just came flying right out of the of a trumpet. Yeah, it just oh god, hilarious. Yeah, but you know, and you know, electronics. Everyone wants to get you know a new watch, new activity tracker, whatever. Um, but you don't want to shell out the six hundred bucks for the Apple version. Um, it's just a matter of how quickly can you get it over to the U.S. or whatever materials in there, you know, and just just get it in there. Hope it. Hope it doesn't get flagged by any CBP or any uh, CPSC staff, um, and and that's how you end up with these kind of things. So yeah, when you're trying to buy some of this stuff online, if it's a knockoff good, you know, I mean, me as a consumer, I always just question how much due diligence went into the creation of that product, to the material selection, and to the the testing, yeah. and you know, you you just never know. Yeah, let's move on. Let's uh, let's look at this topic that uh, near and dear to our hearts. Definitely been beat to death, but is still extremely prevalent. Ingestion risks. Mm. This is something where I know, especially last year when a lot of the lockdowns were happening, there was a, certainly a marked increase in ingestion of magnets and button cell batteries. Um, and the the, the Perg report starts directly with a quote from the from the AAP here, American Academy of Pediatrics, stating that um, the rate of overall foreign body ingestions remained consistent or remained constant throughout 2017 to today, yet the rate of ingestions from magnets and button cell batteries has increased. Um, and I know, Jared, I, I've kind of shared some of this stuff too from some of the things that um, you know we're involved with from an advocacy perspective um, and collecting you know, foreign body injuries and, and, and whatnot from medical experts. Um, I can't tell you how many times these things have been reported to me where you've got, you know, five, 10, in one case we had 31 of these tiny magnets 
um, you know, reported to us of a, you know, extremely, Jared was adjusting his headphones there, folks. That was not what you thought, not what you thought you heard. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a perp. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I was just talking about Jared. I, I could see that you were dealing with, with something over there. No, I was following, I was following you. I, I mean, but, it, uh, the thing is. 31 magnets uh, ingested. It's like, holy cow. That child had a bowel resection entirely, sidewall surgery, just, you know, that's going to change it's, their it's life like what, forever. What, what but, do you do? I mean, it's this not isn't like a, a this new is, hazard. People know about this, right? Um, but th- this so, is a 13-year-old. It's like, you know. That's crazy. Like, you know what you're doing. Like, there's I mean, a certain cause easy, and effect. It's, like, they might it's not know easy the hazard. to say from, like, the, you know, the consumer product safety professionals perspective that just ban these things just they cannot be allowed on the market i think there's a lot of political politicization that goes on behind the scenes and and industry uh industry demands that make that a little bit challenging because i know the cpsc tried to go down that route many years ago and wasn't successful yeah but hey in australia they figured it out no problem. These things like uh, injure kids and send them to hospitals and have to remove large portions of their intestines. It's a no-brainer. Just ban it. But yeah, I, I think. I don't know. I, I think with it, this, you know, there's 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 more coming here, right? There's whether it's button cell batteries or whether it's magnets. There's been massive pushes from ag- advocacy that have been you know significantly more meaningful than years past. Just because I think the Unfortunately, the death toll is increasing. The injury rates are increasing. The severity is, you know, high hazard if, if in some cases, you know, fatal. So I, I think this is... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there's no question that there's a hazard there, that, that there's a risk there. But I, but I think the responsibility goes beyond just toys. And that's where a lot of these things are coming from. It's just general consumer products. Sure, the, the, the magnets, that's different. But for, for... Well, for, the magnets are not a toy, right? If you ask the manufacturer of the magnets, they're not a toy. Tell that to the kids. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so, so whose responsibility is it? Is it, do we have to, do we, does industry have to wait for regulators to, to ban something and then fight back? And and then we'll get into this whole argument or, or is it the responsibility of the manufacturers, the, of the goods, the designers, manufacturers to put a safe product on the market? Yeah. I, there's no answer to that. That's, (laughs) I mean, I, I, I think from my perspective, unfortunately, manufacturers are not going to just willingly stop selling their goods unless they're forced to. And trying to force them to do that is so that's a pipe dream. So, yeah, I I guess then it just comes down to educating consumers, right? Because if you can't control it from regulation, you can't control it from the manufacturers and the industry. Maybe there's responsibility in everyone's hands, I think, or accountability in everyone's hands to, to, be mindful of what they're doing, but I think there's, you know, ethical obligations of what's being produced and how it's being distributed. I think there's also governance issues. It's it's all three, and if they're not working it, cooperatively, it sure, it's, it's, it sure is. But but we're just going to see the continued fight. You know, it's just going to be lawyers. Yeah. So we are. But we I are. mean, I mean, I, there's still progress, right? There's still progress. Reese's law is something, although you know, massive tragedy. Um. This is something that is going to progress and hopefully get the traction necessary that sooner rather than later, all consumer products that have button cell batteries have additional considerations for accessibility. 
mm-hmm. would be an incredible step forward. Jared, I mean, just the other day, right? You texted me out of the blue. Not out of the blue. You were whispering. I mean, we text all the time, you're Keith. Gonna, you're <laughs> going to whisper sweet nothings into my ear to go to bed sometimes. The whole time? The whole time? Uh, uh, so you, you texted me, and you're like, hey, look at this thing. And you you texted me a, a toy that you got in your house. Just got a toy, yeah. With a very probably in- a knockoff. It, probably a knockoff. With a very innovative approach that I think could actually work because I've done it before. But it not, had a, not it had adopted. a little shrink sleeve. Yeah, but not adopted by there. any standard of like a proper mitigation of the risk. But I think a very creative one. But a loose button cell battery was in the product you received, and it had basically just this shrink wrap sleeve collar over the negative around and positive. This, yeah, around the around the circumference. Yeah. So you could contact just the negative and just the positive, unless that was that seal was broken. Then you can contact both. Yeah, and and I'm actually curious. I should should have looked into this more. Do you? Ha- I'm curious if you have to take that off to get the battery in. I, I don't think so. Probably not. So I don't think yeah. so. The the thing here that's awesome about that is that the product should still work with typical circuitry with, or PCBs yeah. that you see, which is awesome. But number with two, this little collar. Do you it, still yeah. have the button cell battery with you? Yeah, it's upstairs. I was just gonna say, you, you got to throw that on some lunch meat, man. I know you got turkey in the house. <laughs> I do, I actually had the thought: should I just fold it up in some ham and see what happens? Dude, this would be a fantastic LinkedIn post. Get you like five hundred views. Got this knockoff product, yet the knockoff product had the best public display of button cell battery defense we've well, ever seen. The knockoff product was bought, and I say knockoff, I don't know if it was knockoff. It was, it was not a known manufacturer, but it was bought out through Amazon. So I assume that this was an Amazon requirement that they shrink wrap the battery this way. If it's loose within the package or something, I have no idea, yeah. but I'm sure we can find out. Yeah. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. That, that was the dial-in number to call Amazon. And then, then I wanted to play Hello, Amazon customer service. Oh, is this Jeffrey? Jeffrey, how are you doing? <laughs> this is Giraffe, Jeffrey the Giraffe, the Toys R Us guy. Oh, oh. he's still around. He's coming um, back. He's coming back, baby. All right, I'm, I'll take the battery. That's what I'm going to do after this. I'm going to take the battery. I'll put it in some ham, and I'll post it on LinkedIn. Yeah, I can't wait to see the results here. This is fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm really but it is, to do it is really cool because you know if that battery if I can put it in that device and it's still going to work properly and if it's going to at least mitigate some of the hazard uh, that's that, it's a great solution but but we first demonstrated this you were I think you were probably there in like 2016 yeah. with packing tape just went right around that bad boy stuck it on cut it through and you could still get a light up toy or get your garage door clicker to work whatever you want to call it yet no, uh, no, no serious injury. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's going to go back choke. to the same. You can still, you can still have a airway obstruction incident. Sure. But you know, that right, might but change. if you're talking about, you know, burning through the Correct. esophagus and burning through the aorta, yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I think yeah, it's honestly, it's, it's not the only solution out there. There's many, many solutions to prevent uh, a battery from eroding inside your throat while still having it work inside of a device. There's many, many solutions out there. None of them have really gained traction. And I think it goes back to that same point of, uh, you know, talking about magnets, is that it costs some money. It's going to impact somebody's margin. And unless it's a regulated thing, industries, 
manufacturers are not going to do it. There, there are manufacturers that have individuals who are very passionate and forward thinking and are looking to mitigate this. You know, you do have these third party institutions, MIT and the Lansdowne Group is still, you know, having their proprietary technology that can, you know, clearly reduce this. And you've got Duracell who's got their bitter coating. Like they're, they're making progress, but unfortunately yeah, the progress yeah. is, is slow. And unfortunately, I think there's more incidents that are yet to happen and that will happen to push the needle in the right direction completely. That being I said, mean, it, there the, does need to be a compromise, right? Manufacturers sure. need to be able to make it. And to be honest, they need to make a margin too, right? Understood. We can't just be like everybody best, going to debt for this. The right? best thing that's happened in this arena in a long time is um, what, what Reese's purpose is doing in Reese's law. Having all these other products that aren't toys have additional mechanisms to thwart accessibility to those that might, you know, you know, in some cases you just drop the product on the floor in your kitchen and just the battery door pops right off and then you got two button cells laying right next to the fridge, you know, to have additional features that, that mitigate that. That's a, that's a huge step in my opinion. doesn't solve the whole issue, but uh, can you imagine that with, you know, in conjunction with having this uh, circumferential wrap thing, yes. you know, that'd be, that'd make a huge difference, huge impact. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. Choking hazards. And, it, and it's a very, you know, I don't know. It's a very automa uh, automatic, uh, very simple process. So and imagine it's It's definitely it is a doable. Costly but here, here's one of those things. Before we go on choking hazards, I think this is one of those things where it makes sense. There's risk mitigation. It's possible. So many of these conclusions and things that people have come up with, these ideas, you can't design for. I know this is a huge hot button topic for you, Jared. The design for assembly, design for manufacturing. Cool idea. If you can't make it and you can't execute, what the hell's the point? So yeah. in this case, this it's like, is, this there's is minimal change to the PCB, have... right? It's only a change to the what you're doing with the battery. So there's got to be some device that can be designed quickly to, you know, on again, off again, in again, out again, up again, down again, best snitch on the beach type of machine to get that battery produced. Dude, that was some Dr. Seuss knowledge I just dropped on you. and you. Yeah, I, I, I got the Sneech reference. Okay, great. Um, yeah, no, I, and, and manufacturing at scale has to happen too, right? These manufacturers are cranking these out crazy, so something's got to be automated and, and fast, uh, any solution. I think they have, the, they have some solution where it's like a coating that sits on top of the cathode and then... Uh, it needs to actually have pressure on it to. So that was the, to the make quantum the material from years ago. I think there's another yeah, proprietary yeah, some, uh, solution. Some quantum tunneling solution, yeah. Yeah, but there's, I, there's some it's other great, things that super are super innovative. Can well, I, can you manufacture it? Yeah, let's see what the Lansdowne folks can do, and that's that's the next most viable process out there. I think. I don't know the Lansdowne people. Look her up, Melissa Fensterstock. I can give you a presentation. Let's take it offline. Let's, let's, nobody needs to know this. I was going to say, are you going to tell anyone who Melissa Fensterstock is? Oh, she's the, no? the CEO of the Lansdowne Labs that's uh, associated with MIT, and they have a proprietary process that, you know, through whatever they do, helps to mitigate injury. And they've gained uh, a lot gotcha. of traction. She's done a lot of presentations. We So it's an MIT research group. Yes, yes. There you go. I'm not condoning that they're doing is you know, I'm not affiliated. I just, I know of it know of it we presented together yeah. but uh anyway let's uh 
We're about 28 minutes in here, Jared. Do you want to hit any of these other topics that are in here? Noisy toys is always here. Choking hazards. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at the table of contents. Like I said, there's a lot of things. Every year they talk about noisy toys. Not that it's not an issue, but it's... Yeah, I think smart toys, in this case, the example that's given is, I don't know if you've seen it, it's an awesome product. And it looks so fun. I have yet to play with it, but just the commercials look just so cool. The, what is it? Yeah, the augmented reality Mario Kart where you can like build a track in your house and then like race your car in real life IRL. No way. In augmented re- yeah, that's what it looks like. You got to look this up. Oh, I'm going to have to check this out. No, this looks incredible. I love AR, VR, and all this stuff. Wave the of the future. Thing. Yes. I, I could only imagine being like a 10 to 11, 12 year old on Christmas and getting this and then like all of break making racetracks in the house. So that's truly how this works. <laughs> this is just the coolest thing ever. The foreseeable uses, of course, is staircase, you know. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, driving I, I think the toy, a, a, parent steps on this or infant steps on this and then staircase. Yeah. Smart. I mean, smart toys, the AR, VR, big, big hot topic because it the technology advances so fast but the research behind the safety and how to properly yeah. do this is it's always you know, delayed it's, it's gonna always, lag yeah, yeah it's gonna lag but uh, i think i think like the, always the biggest thing with smart toys in this case is there's the interactivity got it that's clear um there's a lot that's been done with the um i don't know if it's copa or Coppa. i've heard it both ways before but i always like to think copa cabana so uh just still don't know what you're talking about. Oh, though. the not collecting uh, child information <laughs> act or whatever it's called. It's you know oh, under gotcha, thirteen gotcha. or I don't know. Yeah, you're yeah, under data 13, security. Don't, don't, yeah, data I mean, security, I think yep, exactly. I, honestly, I think uh, I think around yes, physical hazards. You know, what if you drive your car off the stairs? But but um, you know, are there neurological issues that happen? You know, AAP publishes screen time limits for different kids uh, of different the 5G, ages. The five G. You know, what if 5G hazards, yep, yep. What if birds are not actually real? You know, these are all things we have to consider. Oh, um, birds. No, but yeah, so I think there's things like that, like, uh, you know, this kind of cyber sickness and uh, that comes with, you know, watching an AR, VR screen um, that's targeted toward kids. Um, just, yeah, it, it's, a, it's something that needs some, some research into it. Absolutely. Well, man. Did bring us to the end? I think it did. Do we have any outro music? We always have outro music. Are you kidding me? Awesome. Here at the PSBS, we spare no expense to deliver a high quality, high impact, high fidelity. Yeah. Product safety. So high quality. I've been hearing my same voice twice in every word. That's because you like it so much, man. I'm playing the outro music. Oh, good, good. Thanks for the cue, because you know I can't hear those things. I don't know why, but you should be able to see my hand over here. Anyway, Jared, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk. 2021's in the books, man. 2021 wrap. There it is. CSBS out. <laughs>